Hello and welcome back to the Two Kinky Women podcast where we dish about everything kink. I am your co-host, Midnight Lady, and my partner in crime is Mistress Gabrielle. Hello there. One of these days, I sure would like to hope it's not going to be too far in the future. We won't even have to call it a crime anymore. That would be great, huh, ML? Right? Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Two Kinky Women podcast. We're so glad to be bringing you a special episode. We're doing an interview today with um, someone we've been looking at for a long time, and her name is Elizabeth Ann Cunningham. Who is Elizabeth Cunningham? Well, she's a transformational love and life coach. She specializes in non-monogamous and polyamorous relationships. She is kink aware and kink friendly. Uh, However, she works with all kinds of people who want to expand and grow the love they have in their lives. She teaches, she coaches, she writes, she does workshops, she does a lot of things. So um, what else does she speak about? Well, communication, self-expression, authenticity, commitment, building relationships. Sounds like we have a lot to talk about. And uh, like I said... Let's get started. Okay, so welcome, Elizabeth Cunningham, to the Two Kinky Women podcast. Nice to see you. Hello, it's wonderful to be here. I'm so so happy that you uh, have me on your show today. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Always always good to talk. I love kink. I love love. I love it. I am super kinky. Um, it's not like the main thing that I, that I, um, coach and teach about, but it is absolutely a passion and it's, and I, I'm super kinky, so I, I love talking about it. Well, you sure are in the right place, Jackie. That's, <laughs> that's definite, right, ML? Absolutely. So, we are all about are. kink. Yes, mm-hmm. we are. And we're all about safety and we're all about primarily education. And that's another yeah. reason why we have Elizabeth on the show with us today. Um, Elizabeth also talks about unconditional love, unapologetically um, being the person that you are, polyamory, ultimate relationships, LGBTQ+. She's an educator. She's a coach. She's a speaker. And she's a lover. And she is angry. Great. So tell us. Multi-passed. Multi-passed. Right. Right. So I'll ask you. you on you might be kinky 
It might be you. Yeah. Chances are, huh? <laughs> yes. So it's interesting to know that in addition to all the coaching and um, uh, things that you do in regards to um, uh, uh, talking to people and, and helping them transform their lives, what is what what is you just said pink is a very very big and very very important to you so what does it mean to you personally just to me personally i'll give you an example it means mm -hmm. being my true self what does it mean to you what does kink mean to me kink is like endless creativity and expression wow <laughs> yeah i agree well, i agree yeah where it's just like there there's just like there's limits there's no there's no place where it, any anything can be negotiated everything can be brought up and anything can be negotiated right yeah where it's just like there is there's no there's no shame in it where it's just like this is how I feel and this is what I want it's being like kind of like you said it's it's being embraced for who you truly are and like being fully seen and who you are and then being able to play and create there and being open being open with yourself i mean uh, it's 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 um such a, a, a terrific topic in so many different ways i'll give you an example of what i'm talking about right now um i am talking about um and this is a, a topic we have not covered in um in, in our podcast but outing yourself in other words, becoming um, uh, not only who you are to yourself within your very small social circle, but coming out, everybody knowing who you are and the dangers that are inherent in that, but also the freedom that is inherent in that. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people are really afraid of um, uh, what it, how are they going to talk about this? How are they going to say something to, well, the number one thing is your partner. We come up across we come across a huge amount of people who men and women, but particularly men who are married, who will not tell their partners or they're they're dating, they're in serious relationships, will not tell their partners who they are. Yeah. Will not tell their partners what they are. Mm -hmm. How do you get through to people like that? As as a, as a life coach and as a person who wants to transform our love language when we use that word, okay. How do you talk to people to say to them, listen, um, you can't, right, you can't live a quarter of your life, you can live your whole life. How, how do you get through? I think when we talk about coming out, we have to talk about all of the um, layers of coming out. And so the first layer of coming out is to yourself. It's being able to admit to and accept that there are these parts of you and that might happen multiple times over time right and that that might be a layered process in and of itself I know it was for me I know it is for me wow. <laughs> Continu continuously right um and, and where we discover new layers of of shame or um new layers of kink or new boundaries that we want to explore you know that's that's a very personal thing um, to every to everyone and and then there's coming out to yeah your more intimate circle and so that might be your partner or partners 
Um, I think especially in the realm of kink, that is that's it's more your like romantic, intimate, sexual circle, whatever that might look like for you. Um, and then there's coming out to your your broader circle, maybe even your community, what that whatever that might look like, whether that be if your community is your friends, your, your family, um, what again, like community is a very broad term, but whatever that might look like for you. And then there's coming out on more of like a societal, cultural level where it's like, no, this is just who I am and how people know me. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm a very out person. I have, you know, I have a social media platform where it's just like, I, you know, I'm a pretty open book. Um, and, uh, but I don't necessarily talk about kink that much, but I'm not opposed to talking about kink on it. Like, it's not, I'm not, like, shy about that, necessarily. Well, let, um, let's move that move yeah. the subject over to polyamory. Even polyamory is a touchy, touchy subject. No pun intended totally. on that, by the way. But it's an <laughs> extremely touchy subject. Uh, most people, I mean, I can't imagine, uh, you know, telling my mom and dad, um, hmm. a mom and dad, I'm Polly. I've always been Polly. Uh, I had for bring somebody over to the house when they're expecting my husband, and here comes this other person. It's like, who is that? Oh, that's my boyfriend. What? How do you deal with with stuff along those lines? There's a lot of fear involved in coming out as a Polly person, too, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's there's fear, and then there's being courageous, right? Which is acting in the face of fear. And I think with both of these things, when anytime you're coming out, you know, coming out is kind of a, um, was originally termed inside of, uh, the LGBTQ community. Right. Um, but I think we've broadened out the term come, at least in my personal view, this is not a widely held view in the LGBTQ community. Um, so I'm just speaking for myself. Um, but I think that we can also use coming out inside of kink. We can also use coming out inside of polyamory. Like any time that you are expressing that this is who you are in a way that, um, it, this is, this is how I want to be known. This is how I want to be seen. You know, this is who I am is like a coming out. And so, so yeah, inside of polyamory, same thing, same thing applies, um, where you, there is, there is a fear, but I, in the in the literal hundreds of people that I have talked to inside of coming out as either queer or coming out as polyamorous, most of the time, and I really want to stress this because I do not want to invalidate anyone who is legitimately in a dangerous situation. I do not want anyone to put their safety right um, on the line at all. Um, but most of the time, it is a perceived fear yes it is it is most of the time that fear is just a fear of rejection a fear of abandonment you know a fear of being judged you know all of that it's it's something in our own minds and it's not the actual reality of how people see you and how people receive you like in my experience personally and professionally, most of the time when we express to the people that we love who we are, they still love us. Yeah. It can be scary. 
It's scary. I do not want to invalidate the fear. (laughs) I do not want to invalidate the scariness. I do not want to invalidate like the hurdle, the mental and emotional hurdles. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. But I also want to stress inside of that. Like, I want you to know that most of the time, like how you are received by the people that you love is still with love. I, 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 I would tend to agree with that. What do you think, ML, um, in hearing that? Because we both have very good uh, friends, and uh, perhaps we could describe them as something is even more than friends, who are in that situation where they, uh, you know, they just, they just, um, they're living half-lives is what it is, and they can't love more. I mean, Elizabeth would like to have us all love more these these folks have had so much difficulty in doing that or getting that message across they're afraid uh, afraid 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 um there are times like just like you said where you know you could potentially be putting yourself into a very dangerous situation by being out or coming out but generally speaking we're not we're not talking about that we're talking about people who are just what is it? Too too scared, too too uh, timid, too afraid. I mean, people who just don't want to let the other people know who they are. What did you say about? I I I believe that that it's let's say twofold. They are too afraid of what they perceive they could lose to see the possibility of what they could gain. They're, they're too afraid of losing something that they think holds greater value than the possibility of a future where they can live more honestly and authentically. And even myself, personally, when I found the scene, I didn't find the scene until my mid-30s. Um, so I had... I had best friends, I had college friends, I had people that knew me quite well and didn't know I was kinky until I'd found the scene and then I started coming out. And my best friend, who's, who was a guy, I told him, I came out to him and he immediately was like, you're gonna get raped in some back alley somewhere, it, you're gonna get gang raped. and. And I said, oh, my God, what do you think kink is? Like, what? Like, you know, he's like, well, all I've seen is what's in the movies. And, you know, and, and I didn't know. I So we had to have, like, a real interesting conversation. Right. Um, you know, where where I had to educate him that, no, this is not just some freaky free-for-all where there's like no rules and and everybody gets hurt and no it's actually well ruled there's a lot of rules that we live by and tenants and things that we do to ensure safety and we look out for each other we're a very close-knit community that and if you want to play with somebody you get a referral before you play with them um for me personally my experience with coming out we had this wonderful podcast that is doing so amazingly well and people are really responding to us and they really like and love the information that we're giving. And, and so there are still some people who 
I would love to talk about the podcast with them. I would like to tell them, we have this awesome podcast and it's doing so well. And it's true. I am afraid to to come out to these people because they're I'm afraid of what they're going to think of me. Um, and I'm almost a little bit afraid they might even listen. And they might hear a different side of me. That they are not familiar with this side of me. At least this deep side of me. Um, so there, you know, there is that, you know, um... So there, there is a dichotomy, certainly, that I can understand the fear. Um, and and how do you... Be, but you've got to be able to, or be willing to, what, risk? You have a little courage? Be yeah. courageous enough? Yeah. To, right? Mm-hmm. And say... And you have to be ready for that. So, Elizabeth, how do you teach somebody to be ready for that? To be able to take the consequences of what you're going to present to them. Because let's face it, not everybody is going to say, oh, I'm so happy for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not everybody is going to say that. And it's, it's uh, I, use, I use this analogy from um, parkour, which not everybody knows what parkour is. Um, I but, do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but parkour, is, for, for brevity's sake, um, you know, the, the, the videos of the people that like, you know, jump from jump off of railings and buildings and stuff like that. That's not, that's extreme parkour. That is not what parkour looks like to everyone. Um, but, but that, that's what it is. And, um, when you are training for like to (laughs) jump off of buildings and balance on railings and jump over, you know, six foot things and blah, 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 blah. Like, you're not just throwing yourself at these obstacles, right? Like you've been training for this. You've been working up to this. And there's also this tenant in parkour called ukemi, which is the art of falling. And mm-hmm. so you learn how to fall. Yep. And so when you do fall, because you will, uh, when you do fall, you know how to fall. So it, even if you do get hurt, you lessen the the hurt, right? Or or maybe even you're able to recover completely. Like you you fall and then you're good, right? And so it's it's the same principle here, where it's you're I'm teaching people how like not to like avoid conflicts because that's not how life works, right? Like we're gonna have heartbreak. We're gonna. Oh, yeah. You know, there's going to be hard conversations. There's going to be difficult things. So it's not how do you not have these things. It's how do you navigate these things when they inevitably happen. And then in learning how to do that, you have the skill, the competence, the confidence in yourself to be able to have these conversations it's like okay i you know and because i think you know ml what you said was so brilliant where it's like there's the fear of um there's the fear of the risk of it like there's the fear of the bad shit Mm -hmm. but but then there's also the fear of like 
what if I don't, what if I'm not able to get what I want on the other side? Like that fear of the unknown, like, yes, I want this ideal thing. Like, yes, that would be so great, but I don't know if I can have that thing. Right. So is the risk worth the reward because the reward is uncertain. Right. And so in having the skill, the competence, the confidence to take on the risk, the risk becomes lower. So you're lowering the risk. Uh And then in creating and having conversations and creating this, it's almost like the skill to create your own future right where it's like the skill the confidence the again the competence to create the future that you want and having that confidence in yourself knowing that okay i can have these hard conversations so the risk is lowered and i know that i can create what i want and so the the reward is now more certain then you're able to bridge that gap mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right because yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that involves self-study. A lot of that. It's um, all self-study. Yeah. It's like literally all self-study. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You have to, I guess you have to make a decision. I mean, I'm going through that right now. Um, I would like to come out to my community. I really would. Uh, however, I am somewhat involved politically in my community, a very small community. It's very uh, heterogeneous, I could say. And um, I'm a little, uh, little concerned. In fact, I'm a lot concerned. But I yeah. sure would love to do it. I would love, just as you said, ML, to tell so many of my friends, "Whoa, I've got this podcast. You guys got to listen to this. You've got four thousand listeners right at this moment. You've got to hear." It. I would love to do it. I truly would love to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I've been saying to people, um, I'm recently retired from my corporate life, and uh, it seems to me now, at this stage of the game, being retired with, thank goodness, let's knock wood, a good 401k, I could spend a lot of time being who I wanted to be, and I never had the opportunity to be in my 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Now I can be that person. So if I really mean that, okay, if I really mean what I'm saying, I got to come out. So. The positives and the negatives, you gotta weigh those and things along those lines. But also remember, and I think that this is really true for me anyway, it might not be true for a lot of people, but it definitely is true for me. Um, if I bend you out of shape so much by my telling you this or whatever, and you decide, oh my God, and you run away, fine, that's okay. I'm not yeah. gonna convince you, I'm not going to do any of those kinds of things, whatever our relationship was I am still the same human being and if you can't relate to that then you really don't have anything to build build on there is to make a look yeah I'm sorry go ahead there is a term that we have used in our podcast where we talk about coming out or telling your spouse you're kinky or all of these things and it's a term that we've used it's called valuable information if you come out to your partner that you're kinky or cross-dresser, you're poly, whatever, whatever your thing is, and they respond poorly, that's valuable information uh, that now you can make a decision. Okay, how much do I need that thing in my life? Is that the price of admission 
I'm willing to pay to be in this relationship is to give up that thing, that kink, that, you know. Or is that something that you have to maybe negotiate a poly situation or an open situation or a don't ask, don't tell, get your needs met discreetly situation, you know. All the different levels that, of relationships that you can have that allow you to get those needs met. So getting that valuable information can be extraordinary for you. Yeah. Well, it's also like looking looking at it from the different levels, right? Looking at it so you're not just assessing like what's possible for me, but it's like what's possible if I come out, not just what's possible for me, but what's possible to my inner circle? Mm-hmm. What's possible to my community? And what's possible in the larger culture and society that I'm living in if I'm out? Because wow. when we take it outside, because like, <laughs> I'm, I, I apologize if I offend anyone, and I, I'm sometimes I'm, I'm just a very straightforward person. <laughs> But it's just like sometimes when we think about ourselves, then uh, shit doesn't get done because we're not important enough. Mm. We, yes. we don't hold ourselves as important enough and we get caught up in our own weeds that don't mean anything. Like it's not that it's not valid. It's not that you shouldn't consider the things that you're considering. It's just that don't let yourself get caught up in your own weeds that don't even anything. That is so, that is so valuable. Seriously, Elizabeth, this is so right. You know, I was talking about this particular topic, needless to say, and I was saying that it would be really awful for me who loves getting approval from everybody. I've lived most of my life searching for approval. I'm of that age group. But in any event, I think it's a little different now. Maybe not that much, but a little. In any event, uh, looking for that approval, looking for that acceptance, being very non-confrontational so that, you know, you don't start stuff with people you want everything nice and calm. And the the thing about it is, is um, uh, it could still be that way. There's no question about it. It could still be that way. It can still be calm and wonderful and everything. And guess what? Maybe you don't need anybody else's approval. Maybe that part of you now can change. I'm looking at that with myself. Yeah. At this stage of my of my life, at this name of the game, at this age, uh, do I really have to uh, worry about other people's acceptance of me? Guess what? No, mm-hmm. I don't. So this is about breaking old patterns. Yeah. And that's something mm-hmm. that I noticed um, in your teaching, Elizabeth. Yeah. You know. You have to move past, right, those blocks, break the past patterns, Um, move from that doubt and fear, be willing to change yourself, not just the people you are listening to, um, or uh, hopefully they will be listening to you, you're, you know, discussing it. It's just one of the many aspects of of, of living an authentic life, and for somebody such as yourself, um, Elizabeth, a love coach. <laughs> a love coach. Even better than the than the love vote for sure, right? So somebody like like a, a, a love coach, um, 
I guess you've recognized this. I'm thinking I'm starting to recognize it. And you said it before, it all starts with you and how you perceive. It's all about that, you know, that work, how you perceive yourself and your effect on the other people I, around you. I would love for myself, I would love, cause, and I was thinking about this the other night, how many times have you gone to an event, a birthday party or something, and there's a bunch of people that you don't know, and you're mingling and talking and small talk, and they say, what do you do for a living? <laughs> I, I would love to say to them, I'm a sex educator. I'm a sex and kink educator. You know, I mean, because that's basically that's what we do. We educate people about kink and sex. That's right. Um, I mean, I say I I say I'm a love coach and I help people in polyamorous and non-monogamous relationships. (laughs) And then people are like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) And I get I guarantee you, though, if I started telling people I'm a sex educator, I'm going to get a lot of people want to talk to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, you absolutely will. Every single place that I go. Well, and that but that is the thing. And that's my point. That is my point in this coming out conversation is that the more that you are willing to share, the more you will find that people want to talk to you about this stuff. Like the problem with being closeted is that we're closeted. And that we don't know that there's like a million people in the fucking closet with us. Am I allowed to swear? I'm sorry. Absolutely. (laughs) Fucking A. There's like a million people and all of the lights are off. So we think that we're alone when there's a million people in here. And it's driving me bananas. Okay. It's awfully crowded. And it's super crowded. And so when you turn on your light in the closet... You're like, oh, shit, there's so many of us in here. Like, what? we should do something about that. But, like, literally in my experience and my personal and professional experience, it's like, yes, you're going to have difficult conversations. Yes, people are going to say sideways shit to you. Yes, that's, you know, they're, you're going to get judgment from your family. Who cares? Who the fuck cares? Because yeah. it's not for you. Right. Who coming out is for is for yeah. the people who are like you. True that's enough. who coming out is for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think so. I the think people so. who need you in their life. Yes, the people who need you. That's what coming out is for. Like That's a great way to look at it. Wow. Yeah. I was so different, happy. That's I, a different take up on the subject. That's yes, yeah. well, I was so happy that we, we I checked the mail uh, for Two Kinky Women for the podcast and someone, a very nice woman and her husband, sent us an email saying how much they loved us and how amazing the podcast is and how grateful she was that we were educating and continuing um, with this great content and all the, the downloads and the website. And she was just so thankful for us. And... As an educator, and I'm sure you can certainly appreciate this, it was so wonderful to get that feedback to know that, yes, we're making an impact. We're there for the people who need us, our our tribe, our community. Um, And so we are making a difference and, and helping 
people and getting people to not be drowned by the stigma of kink and the stigma of open marriages or poly. And you, you always hear about the marriages that failed because of cheating. Oh, they got divorced. Oh, he was cheating or she was cheating. You don't hear the about the marriages that were saved by Polly Amory and the marriages that were saved um, that opened their borders, so to speak, uh, and allowed them to stay together with this extra, you know, extra ability to have more love in their life. Uh, you know, my husband and I have been poly since the day we met and open and poly, uh, and we're married 20 years. So uh, we just celebrated our anniversary. Um, Thank you. Yeah. 20 years. That's, that's amazing. 20 years. Woo. Um, considering, you know, the divorce rate is like 50% and and relationships in are hard. So it, it's just very gratifying to hear that, that we're helping our community to come out and to relate to other people. And how do you tell people that you're kinky? And how do you tell your partner that you want them to jump around in a bunny suit or, you know, whatever your well, kink one is? Things, one of the things that ML always says is if you are going to come out to your partner <laughs> or your friends or something like that, please don't sit down and talk to them as if you're going to announce you have cancer. <laughs> because if that's the way you're going to approach the subject, don't be surprised when you get a very negative reaction. Right? But, tell, why, don't you always say that? Yes, yes. You have to tell them. You have to tell them like they've won the lottery, not like you have cancer. Because if you tell them, "Hey, I love this great thing, and it's so cool, and I get so hot and horny, and and you get to be a part of it with me," yeah. <laughs> right? That sounds a lot better than, "Well, I like to do this thing, but you know, you don't have to do it. It's you know, <laughs> I, you know, it's just this thing." And they're not going to want to do it with you because you sound like you know root canal face. You know, like, so you can't tell them, like, you have root canal next week. You got to yeah, tell them, like, hey, I, I get to do this thing, and you get to be included. Right. You know, well, now, they might still say, oh, my God, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Which is, again, valuable information, because you might yeah. be able to educate them and say, hey, it's it, it's not it's not that at all. You're completely wrong about that here. This is what it really is. And change. I mean, I did. I changed my friend's opinion. Right. And now he was, you know, totally okay with it. And now he's like, oh, I thought it was something, you know, else entirely. Um, yeah. Yeah. The amount of friends that I have had over the years who have had adverse reactions and when I say adverse I don't mean anything like terrible I don't mean like they like cussed me out or like weren't friends with me anymore or like anything like that or whatever but just like adverse reactions like I remember this this couple um that uh yeah like me and my boyfriend at the time told them we were on like a double date 
and we told them that we were polyamorous and like it it was just like us being like oh yeah like you know on Sundays we like to go do this thing you know like it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't a proposition right it was just like oh this is a thing about us right Mm -hmm. they totally took it as a proposition (gasps) oh no they totally took it as a proposition they totally took it as like a um, they're, you know, they're going to try and like sleep with us. Like, that's why we're on this double date. Like they got completely freaked out by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and obviously like nothing happened on the date. Cause like, that's not what it was. <laughs> it was, it was literally just like a, you know, if it, I mean, I, I don't go to church, but like, if, if we would just been like, oh yeah, this is the church we go to, you know, or like, yeah. it was literally, there was literally like, that was the, that was the tone of it. Yeah. Um, but they didn't take it that way. Anyway, so like, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks later, I'm talking to the the woman of the couple, um, like, uh, and I were really good friends at the time. And uh, not that we're not good friends now. <laughs> that, that sounded weird. Um, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but she was like, she was like, hey, she was like, just so you know, like that, like really freaked us out. And I was like, oh, really like I had no idea and I was like oh really and we had a good laugh about it actually I was like oh that's hilarious oh my god and I was like okay well how do you feel about that now and she was like well we now we're less freaked out because we know that that's not what you meant and we took it the wrong way and you know all this stuff and and then she was like yeah but I could never do that so that was like that's like a pretty common reaction right Mm. oh I could never do that right but fast forward to literally a year ago I'm getting text messages from her that's like oh my gosh Elizabeth this is hilarious like my um fiance and I are talking about opening up our relationship and 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 I was just like that is hilarious and if you need anything and you want to talk about it you know who to call (laughs) (laughs) how extraordinary that you guys were able to have that clearing conversation because I feel like if you hadn't had that clearing conversation she would not have been able to come to you later a year later and and tell you her her news at that point about how they were opening up the relationship they would have kept it probably a secret uh um you know yeah. and so i'm not i'm not yeah. saying everybody should should out themselves everybody should be out i don't think that that's necessary but what's funny to me is like uh you know when you when you tell somebody about this and they go, "Oh, I could never do that." Uh, all right, it's okay with you. I guess that's fine, but I could never do that. And then the next time you go to the mall and you go into Spencer's, you see them buying, um, you know, <laughs> fur-lined handcuffs and uh, all those other kinds of little accoutrements over there. It's interesting. You can get people thinking. You really can. Yeah. Elizabeth, do I understand correctly? You have a podcast yourself. You do a I show. Do. I, I have two. I have. I have an old one, I have a new one, and my new one is about to be my old one. <laughs> oh, tell. tell. Tell us about it. Sounds really interesting. So I have an old podcast called Love Dripping from the Walls. Oh, all right. 
there's um, five seasons, well, almost five seasons. The fifth season only has two episodes, so I don't know if that counts, but uh-huh. um, but, uh, but yeah, Love Dripping from the Walls. Uh, I started that in uh, 2019, and I ran it through um, 2021, ah. I think. Was that it? Was that, is that correct? I don't know. Something like that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we, it's, it's basically just conversations like this, right? Uh But it's a lot of conversations around relationships, polyamory, um, really what that, we, we actually have a whole episode on coming out where I talk about coming out as polyamorous and queer and the two other people on the show talk about coming out, um, as, uh, gay and also their HIV status as well. Okay. Mm. And, um, and, uh, the other person talks about coming out as gay, but then later coming out as trans. Uh And so we talk about all the different types of like identity shifts that happen and conversations that happen as well. Um, and then my current show is called the Elizabeth Cunningham show, courageously expanding love. Um, and that's more an interview of like different experts in the field. Um, so the love dripping from the walls is more like conversations with just like, just anybody. Um, and it's more talking about like, okay, from like, from your professional perspective, you know, what do you, what do you see? What do you study? What do your clients see? You know, looking Uh at it more from that perspective. Um, and I'm moving into a YouTube channel. So I'm actually starting a YouTube channel at the beginning of 2023 and it'll be just me. So I've been more doing like interview styles up until now, um, but I'm starting like my own YouTube channel and it'll just be me and um, more of like my my teachings, my, idea, my ideas and um, tips on relationships. And um, we're gonna talk about like the inner work. So the three, three categories is gonna be uh, the inner work, self work, um, sex and sexuality, and then building relationships. Gotcha. Let me ask you this: What what seems to be um, when we, when we talk about um, your shows? Um, what's the biggest issue people bring up in terms of um, having an issue with a poly polyamorous lifestyle? What is it? Is it the reluctance of the spouse to get involved, or girlfriend, or a significant other to get involved with them? Is it one person wants it more than the other? Um, I know friends of mine got very turned off to the idea. They just figured, well, he wants to do some swinging. I don't want to swing. So now he's talking about being poly. What seems to be the biggest issue amongst people when they contemplate this situation? I think the biggest, like if I, if I broaden it out to the highest perspective, uh-huh. I think the biggest question is, am I okay? And am I going to be okay? Mm. Like, am I okay for feeling this way? Am I wrong? Am I bad? Am I shameful? And am I going to be okay? Can I actually live my life authentically the way that I want to? Or do I have to be miserable forever? So does it, so does yeah. it uh, follow that there is usually uh, that, that partner, whether it be a spouse or a significant other? is not willing to check it out, experiment, uh, even meet people. And that's what people worry about, you know, the love of my life, because she does not want to be poly. 
I'm going to have to go on without her. Is that the idea? <laughs> That's That can be something. Yeah, can, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it really is a lot of what we've brought up here. Okay. Like, we're all very similar, you know? I think that we think that our problems are unique, and I hate to burst everybody's bubble, but they're just not. like our problems are really not that unique you know whether you're kinky whether you're polyamorous whether you're lgbtq like i don't care like i honestly really don't even care what label you put on it and of course there's nuances to each one like there's nuances to each each category of course of course of course of course but when it really, really comes down to it is, am I okay? Am I going to be okay? Mm. And that's how it shows up. Yeah. And that's, that's even the thing we were talking about earlier, where it's just yeah. like the risk versus the reward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is that conversation. Am I okay? And am I going to be okay? And then we're talking about the, you know, how do you move into what you actually want? And if, and you have to answer the question, am I okay? And am I going to be okay? Because if I'm okay right now, that settles me enough to be like, okay, what's the next action to take? And if I answer the question, am I going to be okay? And that's a yes, then you take the action. So whether that be coming out as polyamorous, whether that be having your first date, whether that be coming out as kinky whether that be going to your first play party whatever it is am i okay and am i going to be okay those are the questions that you're asking yourself and it's just a nuanced situation or circumstance that you're dealing with wow that that's really clear that's a great answer thank you that was a great answer it really really was i think i think you also have to consider consider or educate because i received another um email and the 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 couple man the husband and wife the wife wanted to include a woman and wanted to be sexual with a woman and uh and she's like oh how do i do that how do i set that up how do i find the woman how do i find the unicorn um and so but i said you also, when you find the unicorn, let's say you go to a swingers party or a kink party and you find the unicorn, you need to have a sense of what it is that you want before you go. You need to know, is it okay for your husband to play with the unicorn too? Or is he just going to be watching? How are you going to feel as the woman seeing your husband interacting sexually with another woman? In the scene, in the same scene. So having the confidence to have that conversation. Honey, uh, I want to play with this woman, but I don't want you to engage with her. It's just going to be me and her. And, you know, you can watch or you can leave us alone. Or having those conversations ahead of time. Or having the confidence and the self-esteem to have those conversations ahead of time. Uh, are very important before you start engaging in that third party and the asking the unicorn to play when you haven't ironed out uh, exactly how that relationship is going to go forward. I just hate to see 
the husband involved with the third party and now the wife is mad because she wasn't expecting him to do that because so I always counsel a lot of communication yeah yeah well and that's also inside of like are we okay are we going to be okay exactly right? like, that's, like that is that is that conversation what well what do we need to be okay well, we need to have these conversations. We need to set this up. And that's kind of what I mean by like each, you know, each circumstance has its own particular action steps and flavor of that. Right. Right. And so it is, it's just like, okay, well, what do we need to be okay? Because that situation could go very bad very quickly. Oh, There's yeah. So well, much. You're talking about like unicorns and uh, like I would consider and Okay. So this is, this is a controversial topic, right? Because, you know, there's also the fear of unicorn hunting as well, where you don't want to be a predatory couple to a, you know, third person. Oh, and yeah. Coerce or manipulate someone or, or use someone, right? Where it's just like, you know, people, people aren't toys unless they want to be. That's my, that's, <laughs> in, in the kink, in kink language, people are not toys unless they want to be, right? Like, I yeah. would consider my myself a unicorn but i'm a unicorn because i choose to be a unicorn not because someone is like coercing me to be a unicorn like i love being like one of my absolutely one of my kinks is being like a prized possession mine too yes (laughs) oh my oh my god i love it i love it so much i'm like so but if i choose that if i choose to be that Right. Mm-hmm. And if I and if I choose to be that for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, I, oh, my God. I can totally yes. relate to that kink because I am uh, Mistress Gabrielle's alpha submissive. And I take <laughs> I take great pride in, you know, in she the really is. acknowledgement yeah. of that title. I love it so much. No, so my my dom, like I'm like the prized possession of my dom, and he will. I I do. I get like I'm just like oh, it feels so yummy, and he's just like oh, like I get to look all pretty, and he buys me things, and then I get to like do stuff, and he's just like da 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 this and this, and he's very like. I don't know, just the way the way that he is with me is just very um deliberate. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, I No, love... I totally get that. I totally get that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and you Absolutely. you know, you you have a certain amount of self confidence though and self esteem that that you can accept that feeling. You can accept I I really am the the alpha submissive, which is great. Uh, I work hard to be the alpha submissive. I you know, and uh, it's a leadership position for me as well as being uh, submissive and being of service. Right. Um, I find that it the leadership quality really appeals to me in addition to the service submission. Um, but you have to have a certain amount of self-confidence and self-esteem, which I think the conversations that you help people to have really goes a long way towards creating that self-esteem and that self-confidence, um, you know, 
what I love about uh, Elizabeth's background personally is um, how she says that she uh, got involved in um, the coaching, the love coaching, because she wanted to teach people how to begin healthy relationships instead of helping people leave abusive relationships, which is what part of what it was you were doing prior to becoming a love coach. And I'll tell you, I think that that is the most wonderful thing to hear. I've never heard anybody put it that way, and I think that that's really valuable. So tell us, Elizabeth, how can people reach you? Yeah, um, so how people can reach me is uh, my website. Uh, so my website is elizabethannecunningham.com. So that's Elizabeth with a Z. Anne without an E, and then Cunningham is exactly how it sounds. Right. Yep. <laughs> Cunningham. Right. <laughs> right. Um, one of my best and dearest friends has that thing. In any yeah. event, uh, what uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll include your information uh, in our handout with our, uh, well, it's not really a handout. It's more like a virtual handout, I guess you could say, right? An infographic. An infographic. Um, we'll include your information on the infographic. I love the way you describe yourself. I think what you're doing is really terrific. Um, when I read that quote by you, that you wanted to help people um, learn how to begin healthy relationships and not just working with people who are leaving abusive relationships, hopefully we'll have a lot less abusive relationships. It's an ongoing issue. It has been for many years, and we're going to keep at it. And um, doing it with love, kindness, and um, thoughtfulness, compassion, mm -hmm. maybe even a little empathy uh, yeah. is, a, is, a great, is, a, is a great way. So I think that, uh, you know, the world is changing. I'm sure, you know, you're familiar with a lot of the people out there who are doing work in this area. One of my favorite people is Esther Perel. Who I, I love Esther Perel. She's great, isn't she? Uh, She's terrific. Yes. And to think that somebody such as she, and I've heard a couple of interviews with her, she comes right out and says, yes, I think it's a good idea to expand your love horizon. Yes, I think it's a good, good idea. Yeah, absolutely. She's, it's wonderful. So people like you, people like Esther, and other people within within um, um, our uh, our communities are, are, are hopefully giving people options, options, possibilities. And I think that living in a world of possibilities is uh, one way that we can look up rather than than down, right? So yeah. we'll put your information in our infographic, and I want to tell you that it's just been terrific to talk to you, and I hope very much that we have another opportunity to talk to you again in the not-too-distant future, maybe in a couple of months or so. Let's get some feedback from some of our, our listeners and see... Uh, where we can go with it but it's just been great having you i'm so glad to have met you and i wish you a lot of success and what it is that you're doing because what you're doing is really important work awesome Thank you. also before before we go from this episode i'd like to remind all of our listeners that if you have any questions or comments for either us um ml or mrs gabrielle or elizabeth Please, uh, you can find Elizabeth on her website, and you can also find us on our website, to kinkywomenpodcast.com. That's the numeric two. 
But you can also email us at tkw at twokickywomen.com. That's the numeric two. Sign up for the email newsletter. You get more free downloadable beginner's guide to kink and more downloads every month. You get a, a new download in the email as a thank you for being a loyal subscriber. And you can also uh, go to the website and download your free infographic, which tells you the top five things you need to know from this episode. And since can we you tell that ML love. is the person who creates this because she gets so excited talking about yeah. it. I do. I, I do all the social She's media. She's the alpha sub. Hello. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and... We have Mistress's Diary, so if you're looking for something salacious to read over lunch, we've got you covered. Right. And we are just so happy that you guys are part of our Two Kinky Women family. And Elizabeth, you are now joined our Two Kinky Women family. You are now a sister. You can't get rid of me. Sorry. Thank you, everybody, thank you so much. for listening. And thank you, Elizabeth, for being with us today. We've really, really appreciated it. And uh, everybody, take good care and uh, keep listening because uh, we're two kinky women. And, and we, like we to be kinky too, want right? you to be kinky too. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Thanks. See you next thank time. Thank you all so very, very much. And see you next month. Bye bye.